Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. <laughs> Issue 105. That's so, exciting. Yeah. So, how was y'all's uh, week? Well, Great. it's been shit. It's been a constant <laughs> shitstorm of weeks. Uh, I do want to talk about a show we went to last Saturday, which was a month. It's a monthly drag yep. show. Yeah. At Usually the last Sunday of every month in D.C. It's at uh, Teakwood, which is a... That, that's right. You heard Teakwood. Teakwood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was an amazing drag show. Uh, but like, if you've never been to a drag show, um, part of the deal... Why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> part of the deal is that like you're, you're going to like get really drunk and also tip a bunch of drag queens. And um, so, like, everyone gets cash, they get, like, 20s, and then they go to get change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for that cash from oh, the bar. bitch, I know where this is going. And Ryan Kroll <laughs> was going to go get ch- I thought cash. we were going to support local drag. Absolutely not. <laughs> I think he's about to drag you. So <laughs> Ryan Kroll uh, went to go get oh cash. because he got so overwhelmed. He took a bunch of people's money. So and like seven well, to I ten twenty. I would yeah. say I was going up and people gave me their money. Yeah. And I, being a nice person, grabbed their money and said, no I'll get said you a nice change, person. honey, is what I said. <laughs> and then being a <laughs> stupid person, what happened then? <laughs> they didn't give me enough money. So they stole $20 from him. And then they comped him by giving him a shot of tequila. Uh, fireball, if you will. Fireball. Uh, 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 a poor I, man's And I won't. Yeah. <laughs> was it a fireball from a decanter? So as I was leaving the drag brunch, I reached into my pocket and I found a $20 bill that I believe was yours. And <laughs> <laughs> the face... <laughs> Oh my God! The face Ryan is making right now can only be described as he ate an entire lemon. <laughs> so you are a goddamn monster! <laughs> so oh my God! I, I had to talk to multiple managers, and one of them was in full drag. You're a piece of shit. So what happened was, I said Matt Myers, our friend, had gotten cash, and then I saw that he was getting cash, and I said Ryan can you go exchange these for ones? And I held out my 20 and then I looked <gasps> away and you walked away and oh I God. unthinkingly just put it back in my pocket. And then you came back with this full stack of ones and I said, give me my 20. So you're the dumb drunk bitch. I wasn't even drunk at the time. <laughs> I had only had four drinks. <laughs> and, and so, so I, this 20 and is then yours. so I told my boyfriend, I'm like, I'm so sorry, babe. We're just going to have to like split rough this it. 20. <laughs> We're going to rough gonna it at this drag. And then, yeah. So I was up there and I was talking to the manager and I was like, I, I just feel bad because I want to tip the queens more. And then so I won't have like I just won't have enough money anymore. So and like they do two acts each and there's five performers, right? Uh, seven. Yeah. Except, OK, you got to have at least fourteen dollars. I'm not if you good at be a math. Good Stop customer. making me get the change. <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, I'm sitting there. This performer is so-so. Let me give her $3 for this performance. <laughs> Let me give her $5 for this performance. I think you gave KC Beyonce a 20. I did not. No, no, no. That was not me. Uh, well, so, yeah, La Bella Mafia runs it. She's also the... I'm so sorry. Bartender. <laughs> it's okay. This is a funny story. Slash restaurant manager. <laughs> um, and I will say they... And fuck, I, that actually is funny because I put everything on my card and I just realized I have to split it with everybody. So I'm glad we talked about this because I would be I'm like busy. $700 in the hole without oh. even Oh, that's right. Yeah, you never sent us a Venmo request. <laughs> uh, I will say that during, during brunch... I think I'm down and then I'm further down. <laughs> <laughs> During brunch, Adam and I, who are both DJs, talked about trying to do a fun event. And obviously, it's very much in the formative stages. We have it's no idea. It's a theoretical what, idea. It's a theoretical idea, but Stupid we would love to do want. it. You're going to perform, you fucking asshole. I don't want to. You are going I'm to. in. You're <laughs> in. We're well, going so to call it the Hellfire Club. Mm. And we're going to dress up as the various kings and queens. Uh, I'll just be Emma Frost every month. Thank you. <laughs> um, you're maybe a Celine. Oh, if, uh, I want to. Celine's pretty powerful. Yeah, uh, I want to be. You're definitely the robot arm guy. Ooh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> what's? <laughs> you mean Colossus? What, no, yeah. what's his name? Uh, uh, he's the head of the Reavers. Donald. Is Donald it? Pierce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, old Piercey. Yeah, uh, and then <laughs> you'll Clark, never pierce. Brent is Leland. 
He's the guy who can control his mask. I thought I'd be pretty good as Sebastian Shaw. I'm Bitch, Sebastian shut Shaw. up. He's Sebastian Shaw. And I'm then Sebastian Clark Shaw. is definitely he, mask. He just takes in all the negative things we say to him <laughs> and uses it <laughs> as energy. Him. Yeah, as energy. <laughs> just takes it inside. Yeah. Uh, like although, although I will say you and Clark are definitely split for the mast, uh, not mastermind. Yeah, mastermind role. That's not like, mastermind. That's Jason Wingard. That's a different role. No, what I'm saying is you two are split because you look old and you're falling apart like in the cartoon. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You now that you see it, yes, I do see it. Yeah. Who else has been like a leader? Like, have there been uh, really odd there's ball been, leaders? There's like been Juggernaut sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the Blob. I Magneto was the White King for a while. Oh. Yeah, and then wasn't you know what Dragneto? I would want to do that. Sage was on it at one point. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yes, could see was. that. Oh, you could be Shino- someone could be Shinobi Shaw. Shinobi Wasn't, Shaw. Didn't he yeah. take over for a while? Yeah, I want to be. Was, uh, yeah, I want to be. Uh, what's that like? One daughter of the Shaws that just like uh, Moira killed in a recent issue, uh, like in Life Seven or whatever, where she it was like one of the Shaws that she just killed. Uh, that was Sabrina. a trash. Oh, trash. Sorry. That was a trash. Sorry. I'm getting all Why my, are you on this podcast? I'm getting all my racists confused. Mm. Sorry. So speaking of House of X, can we talk about the latest issue? Yeah, yeah bitch. We can. Oh, Go into it. Oh, my God. This was the action movie of the X-Men I've always wanted. <laughs> do you mind if I do a quick recap? Give it to us. Give it. Okay. Yeah. So the issue I do mind. So what <laughs> happened was they set out to destroy. Okay. Them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> name any of if you can name all the characters you can do. Uh, Ooh, I, like, I like how the great I'm now I've gotten a little I've leveled up a little bit. Yeah. You you are going to say one character. <laughs> this, but now this it's is your, all of them. This is your certification exam. Let's hear. Wait. It. What am I supposed to name? Name the characters. The X-Men who were there yeah, yeah. on the mission. Just name some. Uh, name them all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Archangel. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Husk. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Nightcrawler, yes. Wolverine, Cyclops, yes. Jean Grey, uh-huh. and stop it. I know her fucking name because she's the French one. Oh. And she was the bitch in uh, in uh, Age of X-Men. Rude to women. Okay. Uh, but, you know, some women can be bitches, too. So hashtag not all women. Um, <laughs> Uh, what's her name? Malta M, M-, M- something M- Mira M- Myra. M- We're gonna give it to you. Yeah. It's M. Good it's job. M. Good job. Yeah. Wait, her name is M. Monet. Oh, and Monet. For, Monet. And for extra points, what did she turn into? Do you know? A boring character. <laughs> oh wait, dead. <laughs> no. Well, oh, <laughs> oh, nailed it. Uh, Brent, you're uh, learning wait, what, a lot. What did she turn into? Uh, Penance. Penance is that red sort of like alter ego that she turned into. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's and you right. and you know that we've talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so just re- real quick, uh, the issue opens with uh, basically off panel the death of Archangel and Husk and the explosion that happened last issue. Um, they set out to destroy the four holds on the mass, uh, the mother mold. Sorry, you called it by the way last week yeah. about them dying because they weren't in any of the. You were so worried, and then they go. Archangel and Husker dead, and I'm like, and I, and yeah, I was I like, right why was again. I right that fast though? I was like, can they get a little bit of a character? <laughs> you arc? have really strong powers. You got to be careful. Oh my them. god, they're out of control. <laughs> I'm Omega level. Um, uh, out of control. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so they basically are trying to uh, destroy these four holds on the mother world to basically get the head to go into the sun. So Nightcrawler, Wolverine, and Cyclops are all successful at doing those things. Um, uh, and then we, we also see that Mystique is trying to do it, but she gets stopped at the last minute, um, and she gets sucked into space. Then Monet and Jean are sort of doing a mind link with Xavier and the people back at Krakoa, um, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And then, uh, but Monet sacrifices herself by put it, uh, by helping Jean out and holding off some more intruders. Uh, Wolverine and Nightcrawler sacrifice themselves to destroy the last hatch because Mystique was unsuccessful. And then Cyclops is stopped by the Orcus team and is killed. And then Gene and Xavier basically say, well, we we're, we didn't do it, or we did, or we didn't. It was very confusing at the end. They um, did it, but every, but they paid a high price for it. I know, but uh, the you way... You fell asleep during your own recap. I know, I was bored. <laughs> um, <laughs> it just ended uh, so solemnly that it was sad. Well, uh... Uh, Jean also gets destroyed by the Sentinels that were yes, coming in the last issue, yeah. <clears throat> and they come to her pod, and so like, the whole destroyed. team essentially dies. The whole team dies, and you see uh, Professor X back at Krakoa, uh, crying and basically saying, "No more." He no keeps more. saying, "No more," which are lines that you hear throughout. It's the never more. History. That's what the Raven said. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, so what do we think of this? Um, obviously, one thing that we kind of didn't talk about is. 
You didn't talk about. Correct. <laughs> yep. Uh, the communicating that they like sort of set up with like deep space, which is like storm creates a puddle. <laughs> Trinary talks to info. Uh, oh, and I'm so and, glad. And then Beast is just is sort of cunty. He's doing analytics stuff. Sure. And but he's, and, he's being sound boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so it's all brought together by the the cuckoos and Xavier. Yep. Uh, first of all, Trinary, the fact that they included Thanks. her she back bitches. Uh, I'm like I was like I was hoping that they wouldn't forget her. Yes, me too. So I was very happy with that. I think Storm looked fierce as fuck. Uh, they're lifting so it directly from uh, X Men Red, which I appreciate it because that's totally her look from X Men Red. Yeah, it is. Uh, I kind of like that mind meld thing. Um, that's cool. Mostly because it makes it seem like this might be the um, kind of first step toward some of the characters believing in the Ascension. Mm. That part of the goal is to ultimately combine with other people so that your power may be greater than the sum of its parts. It's not the ascension. It's what Sinister does to splice the genes together. So oh. that's how we get Rasputin and how we get the Cardinal and other the other mutants in X100. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> Makings of their own destruction. Yeah. It was uh, cool that, but that is a clever it. observation, though. Um, I, I liked it. I liked the way that they sort of... That uh, huge w- water puddle of a face. Oh, that was. I fun. would love to be made into a water puddle. Oh, uh, it's like uh, it's like Jor El from the original Superman yeah. films, or Voldemort, and uh, <gasps> or Zordon from the Mighty. Oh Orphan God, there's or uh, or God, uh, is this General hacky? Snoke? Has this been done all the time? Or Snoke from uh, Force Awakens, um, or the sad guy in my mirror every morning. <laughs> <laughs> what a Clark would say. Let's just keep listing things. <laughs> yeah. What a rough death for Nightcrawler. I know. So I know. okay, so talk about the deaths. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about how they're going to be resurrected. resurrected. Yes, but some of the deaths were very heartfelt. I felt lots of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For once you especially Archangel and Husk <laughs> off yeah. panel. Off panel. That's the most brutal way to die. Once you True. I want to die as I lived off panel. <laughs> <laughs> once you got like I, I was actually now I'm just thinking it's like such a funny way to, for someone to really self deprecate to be like if I was in like a major catastrophe, I'd probably die off panel. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I know I'm not that important to the grand scheme of things. But I think what's uh, really interesting is about like I I do think that like immediately like okay cool they're dead and then I thought it was you know like that might be the end of it then everybody started dying and I was like oh shit this is getting serious and even though I know there's obviously going to be some loop around we still got like six issues left to get to like what's going to happen after these two they still felt very good like and well written and like super interesting and like Hickman killed it with every character yeah I was trying to think about why is it that in a story where I know these characters are almost certainly coming back uh you know compared to other stories that we've read what was it that made it so effective of a death the only one that uh, that the only thing that I could see as like a common thread was that their death felt it felt typical for their character and uh, it wasn't overwrought. And also, um, <clears throat> their last move was something that seemed genuinely heroic and yeah, right. necessary. Can, can, With I, the can of I add one more thing to it? Yeah. I think it was based on a relationship, too. Yeah. yeah. So oh, each, yeah. Each of the, most of the deaths were all based on a relationship interaction as their last sort of thing. So you had Nightcrawler and Wolverine interacting yeah. out, just saying basically, like, We'll meet each other at the afterlife. You had Monet being a bitch at the end, <laughs> but also still completely Super selfless. Heroic. Yeah. You had uh, Gene and Scott being truly in love. So, like, you had these three interactions. And you had Mystique were, just, like, going out like a yeah. bitch. And, yeah. and uh, that's, so she didn't have one. But she, but she had relation. a killer line before. She was like, shut up, Scott, or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and Gene and uh, Charles. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Great point. Yeah. Because he had a weird sexual thing with her. Oh, at some something point. about the mm, Sentinels tearing that. apart her thing just was really disturbing. I like know. it was a really good. It was sequence. a terrible way to go. Yeah. It was, and it, it wasn't gory, but like just the stuff that they hinted at, even when Cyclops dies, um, and Jean like just oh, screams see, out, yeah. and you see the visor like cracking yes. on the ground. I think that was really, so really. Just very powerful. The other, the other reason I think why this, uh, the deaths had some um, gravitas, is because the antagonists are really well written. Yeah, and 
you could, in a weird way, almost root for them because they are trying to accomplish something because they feel like their species is under right. attack. Uh, and so you have the, the lead scientist woman. Her husband died at the end of last issue. You feel like she's got, you know, uh, a reason to be this way. You've got Karima who's like telling her, get off the ground. Oh, You've got a mission. That. It is so fucking well done. Um, it just so it it's not these faceless antagonists trying to destroy the X-Men. Right. There is actually, you know, uh, motivation given so, to them. Well, so I'm really glad you brought that up because it's really interesting that like what this is actually playing out like, if you take it from the perspective of not knowing these characters and thinking about the actual um, human soldiers if the X-Men couldn't speak, like if they didn't have a, um, if they didn't have a common language to actually talk to each other, it might actually seem like an alien invasion type thing. Cause like there's these like oh. super powered people yeah. coming to stop the one thing that we as human, like normally we see this from the human perspective of like these aliens are trying to get us. Yeah. And it's like really interesting because in a different world, if we didn't know these characters, you could probably spin the story to be like, Oh my God, they're getting rid of the master mold. The one chance we have to eliminate these uh, aliens that have arrived on earth and are, Who are like going to destructing us. Our, yeah. yeah. And trying to take over our world. So there was, um, a series that Grant Morrison wrote, um, t- kind of towards the end of the, uh, and, end of the my series just started going off what's she saying is I, she becoming sentient and trying to kill you <laughs> basically <laughs> is God, that this, nimrod this what is, is it's, it, this say? is my mother mold right here she goes magneto was right <laughs> <laughs> now that would be my series. uh he had a series called the invisibles and it was all about like it was it was in the 90s and it was all about this group of uh revolutionaries that were trying to fight the system and in the first issue they break or the first storyline they break out this kid who ends up becoming like the messiah and then, like, several issues later, they do a one-shot of one soldier who was part of the bad guys, and they do his entire life. Ooh. And it was the consequence of him getting killed during this attack to save this kid. Uh, he was on the wrong side of stuff, but, like, they changed the perspective. Huh. And it was really, really kind of neat. And so, to your point, I think, that's, uh, I, I think there's a little bit of that in this issue yep. as well. Super action-y, not... Like any intellectual, like exercises, like Like, oh, what a revolution! It felt like a normal issue of X Men, which was nice because we've had sort of this not vacation because it's been very tough, but like sort of this like not a little bit more cerebral, (laughs) a little bit cagier. Like it has a bunch of cards, higher concept, and now this is one that they're throwing down. That like, all right, we are moving the plot forward on this one. Well, it's not like. Yeah. I was expecting at the end of this for it to say, and that was the end of life, blah, blah, blah. That, well, so that's what I, I was saying. I was exper- like life six. Yeah. We uh, was it. God, who we were talking about this yesterday, Ryan mm-hmm. and I. And it was like the end where hilariously enough, especially tied to the two point, like the two past two weeks, you've always complained about this energy juice. No, I haven't. <laughs> but so what, what I think is going to happen is at the end of this, these like six issues of both things, they'll be like now begins Moira 11. And that's like going to be the. Yeah. But how does that tie in back to the original 616? Because it still has to be in the 616. Because it's a re- it's an it's the last reboot of the 616 universe. Let's not. We're not going to do this. We're not doing this again. Um, (laughs) It could be. It could be like the. You actually have a. a, I think a good point. Like like uh, the dawn of X could be the beginning of Moira Eleven. Yeah. Um. And so like all of this just said this. This is the Moira Ten life. This is Moira Ten. Um. So these bitches died. Um. They dead. 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 Super dead. So dead. Um. (laughs) How are they going to be Wait, reborn? Are they going to be okay? <laughs> well, I think I think Adam kind of answered it as a potential, like the reborn as in the life of Moira Eleven. Yeah. So, but okay, with that in mind, how is those pods in House of X number one play yep. into oh, it? Oh, yeah. that is. I mean, that's also Maybe. a good point. So, someone decoded uh, the Hickman Krakoan la- language on the last couple of pages, and it said next sinister. Or sinister, or something like that. <laughs> split, split up, basically. Yeah. But yeah, because it's a weird language. But uh, so, do we think they're going to call upon that bitch to? Yeah, splice? I, I think. Uh, I mean, we know that he's going to be coming in into the future of the X Men. 
um, as described in Powers of Ten. So, yeah, I, mean, I think that's a really good point. Something's still going to have to get them to a little bit of status quo because they still have to exist in the normal 616 universe of all well, these other things. That's my thing. Yeah. yeah. How are we going to get back to the status quo? And I know they said they're going to shake it up, throw all the toys everywhere, and then <laughs> someone else's job to put them back together. Thank you, Hickman. But like, what? How are they actually? Going? I think it's the life of Moira Eleven. I think I think that's the that's the way that they bring they put all the toys back. But they might still have. That a sounds me- like a weird like a '90s sitcom. Moira Eleven. It's the light. It's the life, life of Moira Eleven. <laughs> well, but I I do think that they'll still... right after Suddenly Susan. Yeah, I still think they're gonna Veronica's have... Closet. Oh my god! <laughs> Name your favorites. Go. So, uh, no, so, uh, uh, Caroline. Yeah. What's the Caroline in the city? city. Caroline yeah. in the city. Oh, yeah. I love watch this shit. Wings. Wings, uh, Wings was good. I liked Wings, yeah. yeah. My favorite is Tony Shalhoub. Good on him. Good on Great, so great like, on him. What a monk, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to list Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> Move on with your point. Um, I forgot it. <laughs> no, no, no. It was the idea that they're still going to keep their Kokoa Island. I think a mutant nation, especially because Genosha has been gone for a while, and also whatever that shitty nation that... Uh, Shadowloo, what was it called? Utopia? No, what was the one that Magneto oversaw, oversaw during X-Men Blue? Oh, I don't remember now. Forget oh, that. Right. Oh, Just forget yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, I think this is their attempt to probably actually weirdly marry a little bit of, like, the the previous Inhumans relationship where it's like they were their own nation but did a bunch of shit. Like, I think, actually, the world works best for, like, the Marvel 616 works best when all of the crazier type, like, populations are kept in their own little kingdoms and universes. So the X-Men can be separated. Pre- precisely, because I'm like, the idea that they're also sitting around in New York while still being badgered by people while superhero metahumans are running around the world, like, it just doesn't fit as well. Like, I used to think that. I like the interaction of the rest of the Marvel Universe with the X-Men. I, I, I just think it gives the gives all of 616 or the universe in, itself like a little bit more of a richer tapestry. I agree, because they always have to begrudgingly deal with the mutants, because they're always like, Ugh. Oh, what are these hey, people doing now? what's up? Yeah, I know you have these powers. Yes, I know. Because yeah. I almost... I do wonder if it's one of those things where especially given what the X-Men are based off of in terms of like diversity and uh, race, sexuality, what have you, that they're like, look at how successful Wakanda Black Panther has overall been, especially in the MCU, as this like let them do their own shit and they're 10,000 times more successful. So I'm like, I'm that's an argument for isolationism, but okay. Well, no, but I was like, I'm just, I, that's what I'm actually, I'm like interested in. It was like, I'm trying to think of like what themes this sh- this comic is going to pull forward because I think what I, I was just thinking of, as you were talking about that, what I really liked about the gifted, even though it was a shitty show was that it really dealt nicely with immigration. And I thought that was super interesting. And it's like, I don't, I don't know if the theme, like, I mean, think of God, remember Kitty Pride goes to Washington, like the themes of X-Men that right. they're not hitting as hard because they're poorly told. And it also doesn't necessarily fit the world as well as it could. So I'm really praying and hoping that like whatever they choose, like maybe Krakow will, be, will break down. But it seems like a great thing, at least for them to have right now, rather than be like, let's start a school again. Like, well, I mean, I think in the first issue of House of X, um, the analogy of Krakoa is Israel. I mean, they made yeah. the subtext text by having Magneto as ambassador greeting all the representatives from like the right. like the G5, basically. Um, and I mean, having an Israel was not a mistake. And so like you have this like homeland for a persecuted people, um, you know, that's, I think that's the analogy they'll go for the Dom text. I'm going to quote that cause we started using that now. So from now on, that's the Dom, the Dom text. text. Okay. Brent. I don't have anything. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. The first time in a long time. So it definitely, Wait, sorry. Was there one revelation that, uh, all the activities that were happening, uh, in the Krakoa, the Krakoa world, were on the moon. Um, like, the, well, was Charles and well, all yeah, the so they, they did yeah. in the last issue of House of X yes. from last week, where they had the the Blackbird, um, the X Jet leaving 
uh, to go deal that's with right, mother mold. Right, right. So it, they showed it from the moon. So yeah, just to confirm, the Inhumans are dead, right? Wasn't there a whole fucking comic? Don't worry about the Inhumans. No, but yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. like, they also lived on the moon, no did they not? Like, they did. That was the royal family of a Oh, just them. I was yeah. like, did they move in with them? <laughs> they took they over, mooned they, in with them. They took over the oh, space. Oh, well, there it, goes the neighborhood. Guys, on a side note, in this stupid rumor that's floating around the internet, they think they're going to try to reboot the Inhumans again. And I'm like, I really hope that doesn't happen. Uh, Did you hear that on the dark web? I heard it on the dark like, web. Like reboot as in to boot, which means to vomit? Or I th- I'm, I'm hoping they just vomit. Like in, in the comics or in the like MCU? MCU. Everything. That wig needs work, people. <laughs> That wig has been sitting in a closet. It needs to be teased. Oh, you mean that literally? Be, yes. Yeah, Medusa's wig. Yes. It looks so dry. It needs to be wetted. It needs to be teased. It needs to be much higher. It needs to be lace front. It looked terrible. Mm. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the very limited news that we had? Yeah, it's a, it was a slow news week. Do, 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 so th- do, do, they announced do, do, do. the panels in New York Comic Con. Uh, actually, there are some sort of like X-Men related stuff. They're going to start talking about uh, one of the panels is actually talking about after House of X and Powers of X comes out. What lies in the wastelands of the the remnants of the <laughs> garbage on. of the trash that we are left with. It sounds like they had a run-on sentence. It's <laughs> a long-ass panel. Um, uh, there's a couple other stuff uh, announced. Nothing too big. They're going to announce um, on Disney Plus what the, the Marvel like television stuff is. But uh, did you see anything else? wonderful about it it was kind of just slow news week in general no but we saw a preview for a murder mystery in marvel comics want to talk about that a little bit yeah um so the new marvel comics uh event that they are sort of blasting out all the time and doing these teasers for is called (laughs) it's called incoming (laughs) incoming with one exclamation point (laughs) Um, Terrible title. Do they say it that gay? And <laughs> coming. I'm gonna and coming. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of tax? An income tax. Oh, All right. No. So uh, the, the teaser that came out this week it says a mysterious murder, and it shows uh, presumably a dead body with uh, Susan Storm, uh, Johnny. So, so the Fantastic Four, Iron Man. Uh, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and what appears to be, I'm guessing that's uh, a the forensic new vol- technician. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, a, a scalpel. No, it's uh, it's the Valkyrie. I'm guessing that's what it is. So it's, it's Valkyrie. Yeah. yeah. So with, with her being there, it makes me think it's probably Thor. But it looks like ooh. a woman underneath the. Wow. Way ooh, to be judgmental. Okay, great. He got um, them big old titties, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely Thor. Yeah. yeah, and then, and the, then the, enti- the entire image is in a puzzle piece, and they say, "Can you solve the puzzle before the heroes of the Marvel universe?" This sounds like a weird child like puzzle, like it's, game you buy. <laughs> it's kind of smart on one aspect because they're like, "All y'all try to figure out all the storylines before we finish them." So, can you figure out this one? Yeah, it's kind of smart. That's yeah, I like that idea. But on the other side, we're probably going to figure it out, and there's going to be leaks, so we already know. Yeah. Um. So I don't. I, I don't know. Murder mysteries in superhero universes are a mixed bag. Uh, there was one in DC in the mid to the mid-tube most the iconic identity so crisis. Good. It was Perfect. terrible. Oh well, that <laughs> I fucking. I liked that what started. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Did you, you you hate DC and you liked identity I crisis? I did like identity. I <laughs> love DC and I hated it so much. Oh my god. Maybe it's because I was. So so uh, not into the universe right. that I was like, all right, these idiots can't figure it out. I can't. <laughs> Didn't that start fridging? Was that where fridging came from? Uh, fridging was before that, uh, but yeah. it was part but of fridging. It, yeah, um, it was, it was Well, they took a, like, a whimsical character, elongated man, yes. and like they killed off his wife while she was pregnant with their child. <laughs> Who oh, was also pregnant at the time. And you find out that she was raped by oh. a like second-tier, third-tier villain. I was like... What? Who? Like it, who? Okay, it was, this. It was a symptom of the time. Yeah, though, right. I, I read a uh, before we started becoming more aware of these type of situations. I just remember. I remember buying it like in two thousand four or whatever. I was like, I just feel queasy reading this. It like, was this during is... Myra Six timeline, so it's yeah. Oh uh, yeah. It was a very different Moira at the time. <laughs> it definitely felt like so. The, the writer was Brad Metzler, uh, who's written written a bunch of novels, and he it felt like him trying to do Alan Moore 
slash Watchmen within the DC universe. He was. He was. And it was just, he was trying to do something dark and very different. Yeah. It didn't pan out that well. well. Um. So the teaser doesn't tell us much, but I mean, we'll probably still read the fucking crossover. So who cares? Or yeah. read the recaps. <laughs> yeah. 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 I do love Good the point. Uh, yeah. Did any of you guys see the Birds of Prey trailer? Yeah, I so, did. So there's a teaser that just came out. No more jokes. Um, so you have to sort of look online. And I think it's still just posted on YouTube. So if you search, you can probably still find it. But uh, they specifically said they're not going to do an official like posting of it. They're only going to do uh, like the trailer and screenings of the movie It. What? Whoa. So it's kind of, that was a kind of weird thing about uh, the trailer itself was lots and lots of red balloons. Yeah. Lots of spookiness. Oh, and and she, all of that. It starts with why. the it music before. Yes. And so she destroys a balloon with a hammer and says she's sick of clowns. That makes so much more sense why they would do that. That seems really weird. It's, it's, a it's clever because you think the movie is actually starting, but it's a trailer for yes. Suicide Squad. Okay, because I watched it and I, I was think like, that's, what the oh, Austin Powers 2 did that. Well, they with, did when with, like, also with it. What, well, they, no, they did it with Star Wars with Phantom Menace because oh. they were like, uh, like a, a dangerous force is back in the galaxy, and it looks like uh, Darth Vader's helmet, and you turn around and it's Doctor Evil. Uh, okay, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah, it's been a long time. Um, so um, I haven't seen the trailer yet, but we didn't get a chance to talk about the Joker trailer that's been out because uh, the movie's coming out in about a month. That's true, but I thought you guys all just like really don't give a shit or hate it. The thing I like about it is that it really reminds me. It's a me white man who's misunderstood. Got it. <laughs> well, that turns to violence uh, to get a, his way. It's about a white man who <laughs> thinks he's misunderstood, but is really a piece of garbage who's being evaluated appropriately by society. Yeah. And he is so deranged that he won't pay attention to literally every signal that he's a monster. Mm. So, like... It reminds me a lot of this, autobiography. The uh, autobiography. <laughs> I'm, I'm Brent Wingate. Uh, why is everyone cutting me out of the conversation? <laughs> uh, uh, the King of Comedy, by, directed by Martin Scorsese, yeah. which had Rupert Pupkin, who was played by Robert De Niro as this comedian who wants to make it big. And spoiler alert: he goes nuts and then kidnaps a. Uh, uh, tonight show like host hmm. and then holds him hostage and then like gets goes into jail and then kind of has like a delusion that he is invited back onto TV because he's so funny but he's terribly unfunny and it's to me it looks like they're going to pay homage to that they are yeah, and Robert De Niro is in it playing yeah. like a playing talk show character that yeah. Yeah. wow I did not know that no, context right that looks exactly what the movie is about right yeah and so that's I'm, creepy i'm hopeful that they'll update it a little bit and i think that they will with like how with the availability of technology and the way that people communicate like i know it's still set in the 70s but that you're you can foment anger for people who have no right to feel that anger yeah uh who are angry at something and maybe they're justified in feeling angry at something but they they direct their uh, attention to violence and to like scapegoats. I hope that's the case because um, by making the Joker the protagonist, um, there is a very real danger that um, the movie could be saying that society made this person the way he is. Yeah, and it's removing any semblance of personal responsibility. Which is really fucking could be really fucking off. Well, I think it was I. I the, read the early release review, I think from IO Nine, and they were making the really good point that it's like in a more uh, in a world cinematic art house indie movie, you could probably get away with that storyline because the people that are paying to see that movie would be like, "Wow, the complexities of this and that," and let's talk about this after the movie and let's right. do this. Whereas this is like, it's obviously less mainstream than a typical MCU movie. It's still the fucking Joker from DC. So it's yeah. going to be a shitload of people are going to go theater. see it. Yeah. And they're going to be a bunch of like, I, I even said this in our Slack channel where it's like, it might sound elitist. And I guess maybe I am elitist where I'm like the local, like the random person going to see a movie is not going to want to understand the complexities of these characters. It's the Archie movie. Bunker problem. Norman Lear created all in the family. Um, to be a criticism of right-wing politics, and then everybody who watched it identified with Archie Bunker. <laughs> what? Wisecrack has a theory about why this kind of thing occurs now when it didn't used to in stories. That like a hero used to be, uh, that, that the person who was in a tragedy 
used to be the character who was fighting against like fate and they were ultimately doomed to fail because they 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 had essential pride that they would not let go mm-hmm. but now a lot of our heroes are able to point out flaws in society which we would agree with and so we couple the negative characteristics with them with the positive criticism that they have mm. about how we could be better. So we're like, yeah, uh, R- Rick of Rick and Morty, he's like amazing because he calls people out on their bullshit, even though it's like a completely toxic personality right, that right. you would want no member in society to be. Well, Bojack's right. the, Bojack Horseman's the same way. It's like, I fucking love Bojack. I love like the general dialogue and even the character itself. Cause he's a very complex character, but, but like, dick, well, right. That's the thing is like, and it's, there's consistent, I mean, we always go back to the, what is it, the fucking Rick and Morty fans that were desperate for the Szechuan sauce. Like, it's a bunch of fucking man children that, like, don't understand nuance whatsoever. Well, look who's Mark Marin now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, they, in, in Bojack season one and season five, um, when, uh, in season one, when Bojack goes back and finds Diane at the Ghostwriters convention, yeah, great scene, he goes, Diane, you know, I need to know, am I, am I a good person? Am I a good person deep down? And then he has again the, in a subsequent episode and she goes, I don't really think there is a deep down. Yeah. I think everything you do is who you are. Yeah. And it's such a smart line. Uh, and then in season five, the, the last season where he's playing, uh, what is that name? Yeah. What, what is the name of the show that he's on? Uh, Philbert. 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 Oh, Philbert. Yeah. That's yeah. an incredible meta. Episode. It's a great meta. It's a great meta storyline yes. throughout the, throughout the season where he's playing this toxic anti-hero uh, who ends up strangling his co-star, uh, and they kind of play it off, uh, but he has to deal with the actual consequences. Yeah. So it's, it's a very smart way of dealing with a toxic-type character, an anti-hero-type character that I think a lot of other fiction doesn't do And it's just well. so hard to get people to not root for that person. Don't root right. for Walter White. Right. He's the bad guy. Right. Yeah. Even if he makes good points, I'm still I still can't. I really want to bring myself to like Skylar, but I just can't. Uh, well, then you're wrong. You're, <laughs> you're just objectively I know. wrong. I yeah. mean, she. I used to hate I, Hillary no. Clinton, and oh. I was wrong. It's Never. one of those wrong. things. You lost me. <laughs> well, I, it's definitely like one of those things where it's like point. I know I'm wrong, but I'm oh, I hate her because oh. <laughs> <laughs> she is lost. Conservative gay podcasting radio. Hell, <laughs> oh, uh, awful. So, so great, great chat, guys. That's our recap of Suicide Squad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say, though, uh, there is a rumor uh, of the comic of Suicide Squad Skyler. that Tom Taylor might be taking over as the writer. Ooh. Yes. Which could transition. Be, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, that would be cool. Yeah. I would be interested in reading that, actually. I, I think he's a phenomenal writer, and he, he just released this week uh, the one-shot de- Deceased. Uh, what is it? What's uh, good, good Day, day to Die. die. Oh, yeah. yeah Why so did, would you like to review that, actually? Yeah. yeah. Adam. I loved it. So Great. it focused on a bunch of the characters that were previously in the current six issue series. So Big Barda, uh, Mr. Mr. Miracle, terrific. Mr. Miracle, Terrific Man, Mr. Terrific, <laughs> yeah. and Mr. Miracle. Too many misters. Yeah. Constantine. So it was very much the magic and um, science fiction y. Yeah, you call it like spatial, mm, interstellar side of it. Um, it was the spookiest. <laughs> it was also, but we always know spookiness is inconsistent. Yeah. <laughs> Blue Beetle and uh, Booster Gold. Yeah. So it was very cool. I found it kind of interesting. That was Blue Beetle. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't say his name at all. So I'm like, they who don't. The fuck oh, because they because it's Cord Industries, so they always do. They uh, just say like Cord. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I I've always seen Blue Beetle on the uh, TV shows. Oh, so the, that's the other. That's the next Blue Beetle. Like yes. he's the kid that's okay. got the scarab. This, this is the uh, this the previous. This, this is the previous. He's more of a comedian. Yeah. And they have like a very so <laughs> a tick, speaking, if you will. speaking about subtext and dom text, uh, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold are the greatest gay relationship I've never seen uh, confirmed. I would like them just to be platonic friends. best friends that work together. Super that occasionally well together. have sex. They just I ha- don't think they have well, sex. Like, okay, we need to stop just making all straight characters have sex with each other. Two like uh, identifying hey, queer Ryan? straight dudes. No, <laughs> you've been Absolutely muted. Not. You've been uh, muted. No, I have too much power with that. No, no, but like I think so. That's, straight guys should be able to be friends. Yeah, yes, and that's then what blow I'm each to other occasionally. Well, so okay. I, I think it's no, blow each other occasionally. Fine. Well, so it's interesting because it's the way you think about. Um, I know we just uh, are having or are going to release our Shira podcast, and Shira is full of queer themes. 
And when you watch that show, they obviously use the subtext as like best friends. So Scorpia and Catra. And I think that's where some of this comes from. Because if you read, um, which we should because it's fucking amazing and I haven't brought it up for about maybe like a year. Injustice. Injustice uh, too. There's like, that's actually where I for- saw a lot of their formative relationship or at least that perspective. Yeah. And it's like, it is beautiful. And I agree with you that like everyone, there should be platonic love. And I think that's actually a really good way to put it. Like, I think I'm saying like they have a romantic connection. I'm not saying they're sexually attracted to each other. Yeah. So I think that is like, they're just such an interesting, they're a great team. beautiful romantic relationship that doesn't have to be confirmed by sex. Um, Taylor writes these characters really well. It's the most entertaining Constantine I've read in a while. Yes, um, that's true. So uh, he's uh, Constantine's going to come out with another series written by Spice uh, Spurrier who did like the Legion series way back when. Um, so like it's a decent writer but Taylor like writes him just so well. Um, I love him like punching Dr. Fate and hurting his hand. Uh, that was re- that was just a really great scene. Him like headbutting Wave Rider was yes. an awesome scene. It reminded me, well, that's the he actually wrote the Constantine that was in Injustice as well. I feel like so it's a very like yeah. It, it this this weirdly enough this issue felt like I was reading an Injustice issue because they like wrote the same thing yeah and it was just like I didn't know half of these characters. I'm like I care about them. I think they're funny. I think that's interesting. And you brought up Injustice. I'm going to bring up uh, uh, Mr. Miracle. Oh, Jesus series. Christ. <laughs> because they're like him and Barda's relationship is such a central part of that that series that it's really beautiful and really well done. So I highly recommend you all. I that. love her outfit. Big Barda's that'd great. Be a, that'd be a great outfit to do for Halloween. For too. drag? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't yeah. that be fun? Yeah, that would be great. I feel like there's nothing like in Deceased that makes me feel attracted to it in any way yeah like I i'm like oh bored. these like it's like i it's not the same problem as when we started reading justice league and we're just thrown all these characters and it just feels like it's overstuffed and no one has like a particularly interesting voice like it seems like these are all real characters but none of this plot is in any way interesting i th- i think it was this the six even when i knew that it was only six issues i already disengaged i disengaged from it in the sense that i knew it'd be well written and like Interest like interesting enough because I really like Tom Taylor. But it would be like who died this week? Exactly. Like yeah. I'm like where there's nowhere for this plot to go. It has three issues left, and like you have, I would love like an 18 issue series. Like I think they could have done. It. Like that was why I like Injustice so much because instead of saying like we have six issues of what if Superman was bad, it's like we have fucking like 50 plus issues to tell a fully realized story about this world. Yeah. It's it's the it's the. Similarly to Injustice, it's the limitation in the concept. Yeah. Uh, I think it's executed well, but the concept is just like, oh, it's okay. It's like, you know, it's DC heroes fighting zombies, even though they're not really zombies. Yeah, they had to really stretch <laughs> to create it. It's the anti-life equation, and you're like, okay, but like, where, when has that made zombies before? Your right? mask patru- protected you, and you're like, I guess. I yeah, guess it yeah, did. Yeah, oh, whatever. so you, the most brilliant scientist yeah. in the world that... Brent has never heard of you. <laughs> like, we, you got lucky, and he's like, "Yeah." Can we talk about a really pointless comic this week, though? The Alpha Flight one shot. Ooh, we uh, can like, try. I mean, like, who cares? So yeah, it's three vignettes. <clears throat> one is with Snowbird and Talisman. The second one is Marina and Puck, and the final one is Vindicator and Guardian. And I like these characters. I like Alpha Flight. Uh, Me too. I, was, I love Alpha Flight. Yeah, they can be a lot of fun to read, and I was bored out of my goddamn mind of all three of these. Uh, so they vignettes. gave sort of like a snowbird backstory of her meeting her human dad. Yeah, and then they gave these are terrible stories, and then they give like a puck backstory of like apparently he's old as fuck. Um, being did a you monster. know that? Yeah, I did. Uh, him being a monster hunter with I didn't know he was a monster hunter with like Ulysses blood. I think that's just for this story. This, okay. I, yeah, I think yeah. that's new. But um, but yeah, interesting. But then he killed sort of her, like one of like those. It was boring. The people. Yeah. I don't. The only thing I really liked was the the monsters. The these kind of like almost cloaked like figures with the antlers and the crazy fucking bone faces. I just think that looks cool as shit. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Why does Canada rely on Wendigos so goddamn much? <laughs> it's their only mythology other than Bigfoot. Source of income, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, uh, oh, yeah, sure. We're in Wendigo country, you know? <laughs> Every farmer out here is it's, trying to get Wendigo. <laughs> so, the, so, they, uh, so they, I thought they were trying to set it up for 
eventually ha- having them like relaunch. Didn't it feel that That's way what a little I assumed bit? It was here. For. Sure, but this ain't gonna do it. I know. Ugh. Um, Wouldn't it be great after they do Eternals and like other stuff like their next wacky off like shoot MCU could they could do Alpha Flight? Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun if they did Alpha Flight? Do you think they would do that before X-Men or should they do that before X-Men? No, I think they can do it concurrently. They can juggle so many properties. No, I think it's a great way to introduce Wolverine. That's for sure. No, it's not. What are you going to point out? My favorite is just the last uh, page, which is just an advertisement for the new Ghost Rider. Welcome to hell, population. You. I I was confused by that on the last page, and I was like, "Was it should have been at the front of the book? Is this leading it should have into not been it? in the book? Yeah, yeah. I'm like what is? Yeah, it was a weird. We don't normally get like uh, advertisements on digital copies because we bought it on Comicsology, and so them having that was like, what? This feels weird. Strange. I don't know. We all bought it on our own Comicsology. So we didn't get to talk about it last week, but um, we also read Absolute Carnage number two, Venom number fourteen. The last issue of four, number 16, and Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, number 11. Can I just Let's, quickly say... Just for, quick round for, round. For, yeah, for Thor, uh, it, it was a very interesting, like, what's the status quo of uh, the Thor being the all-father now? Yeah. Thought's interesting, great, whatever. And then the uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man was just like, what's it like for Mary Jane and, and Spider-Man to hang out with each other or be like each other's partner? That's it. They felt both like almost an annual. There's nothing really interesting, I should say. I would rather talk about the Venom and Carnage. We can, yeah. So Thor is definitely like a coda to the series, and it's leading into the last Jason Aaron story. which And it was after War of Realms. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. King of Thor. And yeah, and uh, it was a slice of life issue of Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, so I agree with that. I'll give you that it should have been an annual, but I did really like Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. I enjoyed it too. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about, oh, go ahead. Venom I didn't like carnage. it. <laughs> oh, wait. What did you do? You didn't like Friendly Let Neighborhood Let me turn Spider-Man. on the lights to this troll to help out. <laughs> Ugh. I, Mary Jane has never been captivating to me whatsoever. So, like, I don't know. Mm. I thought it characterized her as a caretaker. Yeah. And I like that kind of like she understands, like, what her place is in his life. Yeah. But you I know, don't need obviously, a story like it. her needing to do action sequences seems a little. That's weird. where it felt forced. Yes, she should have been ripped in half. Well, it was definitely her, her picking out a terrible wig f- for old what's her face. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not here for five it. wigs. Oh, five wigs. It was old what's your face. Yeah, you heard me. She has cancer. <laughs> that wig did nothing for her. So Jesus, <laughs> I think in Friendly Neighborhood of Spider Man, they tried to do a nice balancing act of making sure to which the reason why she obviously had action sequence was is to avoid like the he's the hero and i take care of him because that is like the shittiest yeah. 1950s it is I, yeah. how do you balance that right. yeah they're trying to figure it out and he did it in a good way but it's still just so no boring. it still tells that same story but i do i think i liked the i did like the act like i like that they showcased her as a strong thoughtful person who still made right choices even if she only is a human like you know like the best the best uh comics or best superhero storylines are where the hero the hero support characters are just as smart and intelligent and thoughtful as the main hero themselves so i that's correct which is and also in related news kristen dunst uh did just get her uh star on the hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, really? So, congrats. <laughs> I, I it sounded like you were about to say Hollywood Hall of Fame. <laughs> I didn't you? know where I was going yeah, half okay. the time. Uh, you, know, you, know, you know I played by the seat of Hollywood my Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, walk. They put time. So, you wanted to talk about Absolute Carnage and Venom. Well, I so I read them in order of Venom and then Absolute Carnage. I think you could read them either way. I really enjoyed having read Venom where... Um, it's mostly about the maker protecting um, that, uh, Eddie's son. Eddie's son, yeah. and then whomever that weird kid the is. Spider-Man's cousin? Is, yeah, <laughs> some odd kid who just showed up. Uh, and it's them trying to fight off danger, uh, whatever. But that when then you read uh, Carnage, it's nice to like see that one panel where the maker's like, I'm a little busy right now. I'm trying to relay information to you. And they say, 
see Venom issue number 16. And I'm like, oh, I know what they're talking about. And that makes it feel like a richer, fuller story. Brent has discovered a shared universe, guys. (laughs) And also, that's how old comic book readers used to read these issues. And they're like, oh, let me go back to my old issue and read that. Yeah. Uh, Also, that's the right way to do like a crossover. Totes. uh, And to have like uh, another title be like the ancillary material, but still be connected, uh, connected and kind of necessary. Yeah. So I think it's really smart. I loved it. I loved Absolute Carnage. I think the storyline's really interesting, and I think it's tight enough that this is like I guess well, I may hit maybe six issues. I don't remember how many exactly going to be, but like you don't need the tie-in material to have a really nicely plotted like action movie. Yeah. That's why yeah. you say that because you really wanted us to buy. I the did. Tie-in I mean, materials. I love tie-ins. I can't, I love expansion packs. I love DLC. Like. You can't get me not to BDSM. buy things even if I haven't I, done it yet. I'm gonna TLC. I'm gonna give a different BLT. stance. Oh, you didn't like it. I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. Okay, great. Let's move on. Yeah. I don't think it needed to be a crossover. I think oh. we, we could have just done this in the, in the Venom, Venom series, series. and been Bing Bang Boom. We're like, done. Yeah, maybe. I think uh, it's definitely a cash grab yeah. by Marvel, totally. which you know, so I, I'm okay with as long as the writing and the art is good. And it is. So I read some reviews of the other Absolute Carnage ones that came out. Not so and much. all the spinoffs, the the extra stuff, um, was not perceived as value. necessary at yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. Or Donny necessary. Cates is not writing it. I don't want to read it. That's uh, kind of. In, that, in that universe. I'm sorry. I totally forgot to mention something when we were talking about uh, House okay. of X. No, uh, I would four, forgive you. Uh, is how great the art is by Pepe Larraz. Oh, like, yeah. We don't talk about art enough. Uh, it's, and we need to so like right. do that a little bit more. And we talk, we talk about how we should talk about art more enough enough. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> And I'm glad that you're talking about talking about art to eventually get us to talk about art. Because what is art, really? (laughs) So I think it happened. I think it was an issue of Hawks. But Ryan also said, we don't talk about uh, the art (laughs) enough. (laughs) I believe it was last. We did. But it's amazing because it's very gritty and rich and it's dark, but it doesn't feel like it's muddled or you can't tell what's going on. It is. Uh, a better version of Mike Diodato's art, who um, he's been a longtime Marvel artist. You and have a weird beef with him. No, no, I actually like you him. You don't like him that much. No, no, no. You no, have no. this uh, thing. What uh, happened between you? Clark, Clark's the one who doesn't like him. I Juan actually think Hotel. he's quite. You, you got this thing with him. I, I like him. He did, the, he did the second issue of Astonishing X-Men way back when, Brent, to give you a frame of reference. So, um, yeah. So, uh, next week, we will be doing It's Powers of Ten number four. Five? Yeah. And Four. also Four? five. 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 And five also what comes out next week is season two premiere of Titans. Yes. So, so we'll excited. be reviewing that. There's sixty new characters, I it looks see like some dick and ass. Yeah. Oh. What well, you know? Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah. I love dick and I ass. I mean I enjoy dick and ass. <laughs> Oh, I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so follow us on Twitter at, at Homo Superior X and follow us on Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast. Well, Brent was gay and Caitlin was gay and Clark was gay and Ryan was gay and Adam hates this song. <laughs> it was Homo Superior. <laughs> yeah.